Hey, this is Jason Hubbard, and I, along with my wife, are the lead pastors of One Life Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. We hope that it encourages you and motivates you to live for Christ. Enjoy this message. Father God, I just thank you so much that you are with us, that your word does not return void, that when we speak your word, it is fulfilled that everything in your word is true and that it does not return back to you without accomplishing all that it set out to do. I pray that this morning our hearts would be soft and our our minds would receive what you are saying to us, that our spirits would um, be quickened and that we would have fresh revelation of you, fresh revelation of what you want to say to us today and that you would come and do what only you can do. You are so good. You are so gentle. You are so wonderful. And we praise you and honor you. And I just invite you to speak through me. Let your words be spoken. And I just invite you today. In Jesus' name, amen. So and what the Lord would have me to speak about um, in this vein of vision and responding to vision, I really felt like he put on my heart to share just a word about standing in prayer. And so we as a people, when we respond to vision, we need to stand and we need to pray. We need to believe that what he said is true, and then we need to pray into it. Vision will not be accomplished on our own strength, in our own, you know, ways. Just like Jason talked about being before doing, we also, it's not just being, but it's actually praying. And when we pray, we're actually showing that we believe something. Uh, Just like when we get saved, what do we need to do when we get saved? Uh, To show that we have faith in Jesus. We need to confess out loud with our mouth that he is Lord and that he has saved us. And so when we pray, it's actually activating our faith. It's actually saying, I believe it so much that I'm going to pray it. And so um, we want to be a people who pray. We knew what prayer could actually do. If we actually believed that prayer could change things, I think we would pray a lot more. You know, we, we kind of... We can dabble in prayer sometimes. I don't know if anybody dabbles in prayer, but when we actually begin praying and really believing and really seeking the Father, things actually shift in the world. We actually begin to see things change and move and things break off of people. And so I believe if we actually knew what prayer could do, we would engage in it so much more. And so we need to be a people that rise up and pray. If your home atmosphere is off, if your, if your work atmosphere is off, if there's things going on and you're like, I don't know, something keeps pushing me down. I keep feeling this oppression. I keep feeling this weight. We need to push that weight off, not in our own strength, but in prayer. We need to get on our knees and we need to begin to ask the Father, hey, come and move, move in this situation. Come and this this atmosphere, it feels so heavy and dark and it's gloomy. And we are a people who are called to actually be the people who break those things off. We're having a point where it was two to three hours long every night. And Jason and I would just sit and we would pray and we would pray and we would pray. And kind of at the beginning of this season of our life, uh, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I'm going to teach you how to go to war because I want you to know how to, how to fight in the spirit. And I was like, okay. And so he started teaching me and I started praying and getting on my knees and fighting for my daughter. And, you know, something happened about six months later, 
there was a pastor that we, uh, he's actually an elder here at our church um, at, from Manor House, and he called us and he was like, what's going on? And Jason told him about the night terrors and they were truly scary, okay? I mean, these are like scary, scary night terrors where she doesn't, she thinks we're part of it and there's nothing we can do but pray. So he says, it's done, it's gone, um, it's broken off. And she has not had a single one since that moment. And so... Yeah, praise God. <laughs> we can sleep again. Um, <laughs> but truly, we 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 had to more than see in the physical. It's actually there's actually something in the other in the spiritual realm that we need to fight against. And I even felt it in my own heart and spirit for this morning. There is just this there's this thing that we need to fight against, and we, we need to push against it because it's trying to weigh us down and make us think, oh, you know, I'm I'm feeling down. I don't know. Did anybody else feel lonely this week? Um, because I know I sure did. And I was like, why am I feeling so lonely? Why? Did does it feel like it's just coming on me? But I got on my knees. I had to keep getting on my knees and praying and saying, no, I am not alone. The father is with me. He is my shepherd. He is good to me. I am under his care and I am not alone. He has not forsaken me. I am with him. And so as a people, we need to rise up and fight against these things that kind of try to trap us mentally. When you start to feel down, when you start to feel oppressed, it's not just you usually. Usually it's actually something in the spirit realm that we need to press through and break through. And so uh, to kind of take us there, I wanted to, I've been reading Ephesians for probably a month and I've just been sitting in Ephesians and I find it so amazing and fascinating, our identity. Our identity, Jesus is, um, he gives us a new identity and in Ephesians, Paul keeps telling the Ephesians all these things that they have in Christ. And so I wanted to read a massive portion to you. And I love reading scripture because it doesn't return void. You know, my words can sometimes just be empty, but the word of the Lord is never empty. And so I want you to listen to this and ask Jesus to reveal to you, what is it, how do you see me? What is my relationship with you? What's my relational position with you? And the first point here is to stand in prayer. We need to recognize our position in Christ as his son or as sons. And I put sons, I didn't put daughters because there's something specific with sonship. The sons, one, one through 14, to the faithful saints in Christ Jesus at Ephesus, grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the very foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in the beloved one. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. He has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ as a plan for the right time. I know this is long, stay with me. Read it on the screen if you need to. To bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven 
and think accordingly with the purpose of his will, so that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. In him, you were also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. Amen. You know, we have so much in him. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. And I think sometimes we get a little confused on that. We think that that means we have to have every blessing right here. But actually what it means is in the heavenlies, we are fully equipped. We are fully blessed. We are already, we are, we are actually priests in the heavenlies who are able to bring the very authority of Christ because he's in us. And so we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. We're chosen. We're predestined to be adopted. He chose us before the victory of his will. We've been given an inheritance. We've been sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. We are the holy temple of the Lord. He is actually building us up to be his holy temple. And we get to be that here on the earth. So as we step out into prayer, we need to pray with the authority that we've been given in Christ. We've been given an authority. We've been given a a place to stand and take a stand. And you know where your place is, is right here in the Treasure Valley. It's right in your family unit. You are positioned right there as a priest, as a holy and blameless person to be the one fighting on behalf of those people. Not, and I don't, when I say fighting, I don't mean like yelling at the Lord. I mean, contending, taking possession and authority over darkness and dominion. And, um, if we understood our position, we wouldn't let things take us out so easily. We, if we understood who we were in Christ, if we understood our identity, we wouldn't be so distracted. We wouldn't be so put on edge by different things. We wouldn't be so just with grief. He was so weighed down with sorrow. It says it was to the point of death, to the point of death. And so, but he continued to cry out, Abba, Father, not my will, but yours be done. So we are in Christ, we are his body, and we've been given um, authority to move in the spirit realm. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. We are not wrestling with situations or people in the natural, but in the spirit realm. We're actually wrestling in the spirit realm. We're not wrestling right here face to face. And I think that a lot of times we think that the sickness or the, um, the oppression or the depression that keeps pushing us down, or maybe um, the arguing between people we think that that's all right here in this space right here, but it's not. It's, we've got to elevate ourselves to a place of we're playing in a different dimension. We're praying in the heaven. Pray. See the vision of the Lord come to pass. What do we pray when we're thinking, hey, Lord, what are you doing here? And he tells us, what do we pray? What do we pray? And I just want to, I want to offer to you this. We pray the Lord's prayer. You know, it's such a simple prayer and it seems so small, but I think that Jesus gave it to us for a very good reason. And so we pray the Lord's prayer. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. When we go into the prayer closet, we're not going into a genie hoping he will give us what we want. 
You know, we are not going in there and saying, hey, I, I want you to do this, this, and this, and I need this, this, and this, and let's work this all out. He's actually, he wants to give us a revelation of himself in the situation. He wants us to have a revelation of who he is, and he wants to show us something bigger and different than what we currently see. And so when we go into the prayer club and him, and it's about the Almighty, the Abba, the Father, and who he is and who Jesus is, and we want to go into the prayer closet and meet with him and glorify him first. And then it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the second part. And I think, you know, I referenced it a little bit already, but there's a passage about Jesus and he had just been with his disciples. He had just been um, with his disciples eating a meal and it was his very last meal with them. He had broken bread with them. They had drank the cup. They had shared and partaken of that together. And he was, he went back and he was saying to his his disciples, um, he said, take this cup. It's it and remember me. And then he goes out from there and the betrayer goes one way and they go another. And he takes them to the garden of Gethsemane. And he's saying like, hey, hey, uh, pray with me. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. He said to them, my soul is swallowed up in sorrow to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little farther, he fell face down and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. (laughs) Yay, disciples. He asked Peter, So couldn't you stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you will not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came again and found them sleeping because they could not keep their eyes open. After leaving them, he went again, away again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Jesus was sorrowful. But there are times in our lives where we go to a point of sorrow. And I think we have to have a theology that guides us through that, right? We've got to be able to say, even in this moment, even in the sorrow, even in the downcast moments, even in the places where we feel empty and alone, Jesus is there. And we see that Jesus actually goes to the Father. He recognizes my Father is here. And he says, I'm going to pray. I'm going to contend. I'm going to reach out to him. And he says some very interesting things in here. He says, if you could take this cup from me, let it pass from me. Now, is Jesus wavering in his thought process about whether or not he's going to follow through on the cross? Absolutely not. He's not wavering at all. He's expressing a deep human need. He knew what he was going to go through. He knew the test and the trial. And I think sometimes we want to let the cup pass from us when we walk through trials. We want to bow out. We want to step down. We want to set aside. And because the trial is so heavy, the trial moves down because I do. I love to go to sleep when I'm feeling down. But Jesus is saying, hey, instead of going to sleep, come and pray with me. Come and, and be with me. Come and sit with me and let me help you. And then Jesus actually turns and he says, I will do the Father's will. I will do it. I will go all the way to the cross for these people. 
As we go to him in prayer, he gives us strength to stand in faith. He gives us boldness. He gives us courage. Whatever thing we're wrestling against, whatever thing we're going against, he, he fills us when we go to him in prayer and, in, and then enables us to do it, the very thing he's asking us to do. So don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Someone else can't go to the Father for you and get the things you need. You need to go to the Father and get the things you need. It doesn't necessarily make the situation go away. I mean, look at Jesus. It's not like he went and he said, let this cup pass from me. He actually went to Jesus. He got on his knees face down and he said, your will be done though. Prayer needs to get us to a place where we shift and we say, not my will be done, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want your will to be done. Come and do it through me. We keep praying the take this cup from me prayers. We keep saying, take the cup of suffering from me. I don't want to go through it. And yet he, his invitation to us is to come and get an exchange. I will come and I will strengthen you. I will make you whole. I will be with you. I will give you everything you need in this situation. And we keep asking for it to just pass by us, but we need it to actually refine us. The suffering isn't bad for us. He allows it so that we can be refined and renewed and strengthened by him. It calls us to him. It's a different me in the middle of the suffering. Will you trust me right here in the middle of it? And the only way that we begin to trust him in the middle of it is if we're in prayer, if we get on our knees, if we start contending, if we start seeking his face, because we get a revelation of who he is. I see who you are now in this situation. I see that you're my healer, because if you never had to walk through healing, if you never had to wait for it, then you wouldn't be able to know him as your healer because you haven't been healed by him. If you haven't been through a situation where it's been dark and heavy, you would never know him as your joy because you've never needed him as your joy. So we have to be a people who are willing to walk through the valley of the shadow of death with him holding his hand saying, Abba, Father, come and be with me. I want you to come and show me, give me revelation of who you are in this situation. Come and give me faith to walk through this all the way through, to see it all the way to the end, even when it's uncomfortable, even when I don't want to be there, even when I want to go to sleep. He says that there's a temptation, you know, pray or you'll enter into temptation. The temptation here is to lose faith. The temptation is to lose faith. The temptation is to say, maybe he's not going to show up this time. Maybe it isn't going to go the way I thought. And I, maybe he's not as good as I thought he was. Like maybe it's better to just walk away. That's the temptation. Because if we, if we are a people who are praying, that temptation doesn't have any like effect on us because we know him, but I know him just like Jesus knew the father. Jesus knew hey, if you're asking me to go all the way to the cross and this is the only way for it to be accomplished, then I'm going because I trust you and I know that you have power on earth to do things that I can't. Like he, in his physical body, like he's saying, I trust you, God. I trust you to take me all the way to the cross and to raise me at the end. I trust you. And so we've got to, we are not slaves to it. We are not under it. We are over it. We are above it in Christ. We are, we have authority and dominion over it. We are 
on top. We don't have to be submitted to it. It has to submit to us. So when we walk in a room and we say, Jesus is here, Jesus is here. We don't have to beg. We don't have to like pretend he's here. He's here because he's in us. He's in you. He's in me. We can walk in with authority and believe and say, he is coming. He is here. He has power. He wants to work in your life. And when we meet someone on the street and they are down or out, when we meet those people that are coming in to get Thanksgiving boxes and it's like the weight of the world is on their shoulders because they can't even provide for their family at this moment, we can say there's something better. There's something that's eternal. There's something that lasts beyond this life that we can give you. And it's in me. He's in me. And so we don't want to be tempted to give up the fight. We don't want to be tempted to give up the fight to walk away from the faith. And there's a big temptation right now in our culture to walk away from the faith. Everybody's deconstructing. There's all this like, you know, picking apart all the things. And you know what? Let's get grounded in the word and let's pray. Get a revelation of our holy, holy father who is in heaven, who Jesus is interceding for us day and night. The Holy Spirit is in us, interceding for us. It's pretty incredible what we have. We can recognize that we have authority in Christ, but we also need to recognize that we get to surrender to his will. So in that, very, I'm still on the same point in the Lord's Prayer, by the way. <laughs> let your kingdom come, let your will be done um, on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, yeah, I'm still there. Um, but there's so much in there. We need to surrender our wills. You know, we want our prayers, our ways, and so good. What's grieved about? What's on your mind? Where are you in all of this? Where are you directing your love? Where are you directing your grace? What's going on in the heavenlies? And give me a heavenly perspective. And we stop worrying so much about our own lives and our own wills and our own wants and our own needs. And we start worrying about what is... What is going on in the heavenlies? I want to be a part of that. Lift us up to another place. Get us our eyes off of our own situation and get us lifted up so that we can begin to see with clarity what God is doing. Because we want to be a people who see what he's doing, not just what is happening in our own lives. The next part of the prayer, give us this day our daily bread. You know, we can express our needs to God. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. And he always provides. He always comes through. It may not be the way we wanted, but his enough is always enough. And we can come into agreement with that. Whatever you provide, Lord, whatever you give, whatever you put forth, every part is forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And, you know, we, sometimes this part of the prayer, we want to kind of skip over. <laughs> You know, but I think it's such an important part of the prayer that we pray is that we need to allow God to search our hearts. We've talked about this before. Search our, search our hearts and know us. Know where we need to forgive. And sometimes that's a daily or hourly thing. Sometimes, you know, when we've been hurt to the core, we need to allow the healing to be a work in progress and go all the way to the core. It's got to go all the way in. And so uh, we've got to allow him to lead us in that forgiveness space. Um, and then the last part, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know, we've got to, it's, it's what I was talking about. Temptation, temptation is losing faith. 
we don't want to lose the faith. We want to keep the faith. The thing that you can pray is scripture. I personally love to pray the Psalms, and I'm going to read some uh, prayers that I pray over our church almost every day um, at the end here. But there's a lot of scripture that you could pray. You could pray it over your kids. You could pray it over our city. You could pray it over our nation. You could pray for a nation that you will never see the light of day. I think our prayer life needs to go past what we can see or if we'll see the results. You know, some, sometimes we need to pray for things that we will never see the results of um, because it goes beyond us. Maybe it's a country that the Lord has put on your heart. Maybe it's a people group that the Lord has placed in your mind. And it's, let's go to bat for them. Let's start praying. Let's start interceding and stepping out in faith. Even if we'll never see the results, uh, we don't have to be results oriented. What we are oriented to is what is the Lord asking us to do. And then let's do that. Let's pray. Let's intercede. Let's get in there and do that. Um, get their home over the last couple of years. And uh, I have fought it and like tried to put my finger on it and like, where is this coming from? And it was this atmosphere that I didn't know exactly where it originated from, but it would like, I would feel it and I'm like, what is going on? And it would come out in our kids getting really angry and they would just get really angry. And I'm like, why are our kids getting so angry? And um, it was actually about, I think four weeks ago, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to pray that he gave me a very specific prayer and I started praying it and I watched our kids not respond that way anymore and I think that we we need to take authority over these things and I'm I'm kind of sad that it took me two years to catch on um maybe longer but it's like there's this thing that we we actually have authority in our homes to to get on top of and and rebuke and remove. And so you have something. And then the Lord spoke to me. He's like, will you just pray about it? Oh, that was wise. Should have done that a long time ago. Um, but he gives us authority over these things. And um, when, when we see something in the church, even like, I want you guys to know you're a part of this church. So if you see something in the spirit that is not of the Bible, like love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, you know, we need to take authority of that in the spirit realm and pray. We don't just surrender to it and say, oh, that's the way the church is. No, that's not the way the church is. Let's pray. Let's remove it. Let's rebuke it. Let's make it, um, because it has to surrender. It has to, it has to bow down to Jesus. So um, that's my encouragement there. Pray scripture. Pray in the spirit. Um, pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request. Stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Ephesians 6.18. How often do you want to pray the way you want me to, Lord? Help me to know your mind, your will, your ways, and I want to pray that way. Um, and then the last uh, couple are pray with thanksgiving. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert. Start it or stay alert in it with thanksgiving. So we're to devote ourselves to pray, prayer, and then stay alert in the prayer with thanksgiving. Sometimes we can get a little sidetracked, you know? And so he wants us to stay alert with thanksgiving. The thanksgiving is going to combat the desire to just kind of like fall asleep. Um, again, pray with authority. Are we devoted to prayer? And uh, are we alert? Are we thankful? 
Those are things we can all contemplate and ask the Lord to help us grow in this week. As we pray, we are strengthened and able to stand. And I, you know, I just, I want to read a few of these to you. They're exhortations from mostly Paul in the New Testament, but Paul tells us to stand a lot, but I'm going to read these to us to let them encourage our hearts because I want us to learn to stand in faith, stand in faith and contend in prayer. We are going to be a standing people who contend. Be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. That's 1 Corinthians 16, 13. For freedom, Christ set us free. Stand firm then and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians 6, 11. So then my dearly loved and longed for brothers and sisters, my joy and my crown in this manner, stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. And this is a this this says something specific at the beginning, but then he prays for people to stand, and this would be a great prayer for us to pray for one another. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. He is always wrestling for you in his prayers, so then for to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory without blemish and without great joy. Or and with great joy, not without, woo, with great joy. And then first Peter, I have written to you briefly in order to encourage you and to testify that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. We get to stand firm in the Lord. We get to stand firm in what he's called us to do. We get to stand firm in his presence, stand firm in the things that he's promised us and told us that we have eternal salvation that we get to live with him all our days. And so we wanna stand firm with him. And this is the prayer that I'm gonna close with. I pray this over our church all the time. And there's a few of them, but I'm just gonna do one to kind of close us up. It says, I pray that he may grant you, that is God, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit. Root Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Yeah. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and ever. Amen. We are a people who are filled by his love, strengthened by his love, set apart by his love. We are a people who can stand firm in a day of adversity adversity and trial because of his love, because of his grace, because of his strength. And so let's continue to pray that. That's Ephesians 3, 16 through 21. I would encourage you, write that down. Pray that over our church. Pray that over your home. Pray that wherever you go. Pray it over your workplace. We have power in the word of God to move things and to change things and to shift things. And so let's be a people who pray.